Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today, and especially today, because we're going to be looking today at a verse that literally changed the course of my life. I think it's one of the most important verses for Christian service in the Bible, and it's an exciting one to me. Here, here we go. Let's go. It's found in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, and Paul, in the context here, remember, Paul had, was comparing himself with false apostles. He was putting himself up as, God has spoken to me, uh, look how I have served Christ. But he also talks about how because of the tremendous ways in which God was using him, that God had sent a messenger of Satan. And this messenger of Satan, we don't know exactly what it was, but it was a thorn, it was a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that thorn was. I have my ideas. I think it was persecution, but it could have been a physical ailment, could have been something else. And it said, Paul says that three times he prayed to God, he beseeched the Lord, take this away from me. It was a difficult thing. It was a trial. It was painful. Three times he asked God, and finally God said, no, I'm not going to take it away. It's one of only three unanswered prayers in the Bible. And, and Paul's request was not granted. God was going to allow this messenger of Satan to stay there and to continue to be a thorn in the flesh, tormenting him. Tormenting him. Why? Well, we find out in, this ver- in today's verse. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And he has said to me, rather than take this away from you, here's what I'm going to do. My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. We believe, naturally speaking, that power is perfected in ourselves. Well, power is perfected in our weaknesses. God's power is, at least. God gives his power to people who need it. Now, this principle is so very, very important. And we've seen throughout history, like Hudson Taylor said, all of God's giants have been weak people who knew about the power of God. Are you weak enough for God to use you? Are you weak enough for God to use you? We tend to think that for God to use us, we've got to have the strength of Goliath. Actually, what you need is the weakness and faith of a David. We tend to think that we need to have the power and might of a Moses. Actually, what you need is the weakness that Moses developed by shepherding those, being out of the king's palace and shepherding those sheep all those years. You go throughout Scripture, and you find God used unlikely people. That's kind of the thing that gets you about Scripture, isn't it? God uses unlikely people. Even today, we have our standards. We don't expect a David to go slay Goliath today. We want someone who can match that Goliath. We don't expect a Moses to come out of the desert and go confront Pharaoh. We expect someone who uh, can can go toe-to-toe, face-to-face on Pharaoh's turf. But God's ways are not our ways. And what God does is not what we do. And how he does it is differently. Why does God, what is this, that his grace is sufficient? 
for power is perfected in weakness. Weaknesses ought to bring about humility. And in Scripture, we read this, but God gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What is God's grace? God's grace is God's power. God's grace is God's ability. His, God's grace is God doing it. He gives his grace to humble people. He doesn't give it to the proud. Now, the proud can do a lot of stuff in their own strength, but God gives his strength to the humble. The question is, are we humble enough to receive God's grace, God's strength, God's power? I've My, my friend who passed away a year ago, Herschel Martindale, he would often say, and it stuck, well, it stuck with me for many, many years ago, all that God is, is available to the one who is available to all that God is. A little bit of a, a, a turnaround there, or, or I forget how you say that, but all that God is, is available. My friend, the power of God, the strength of God, the grace of God is available to you, to all of us, if we are available to God. And how do we become available to God? Through humility. We humble ourselves. We acknowledge our need. This starts with salvation. It starts with acknowledging, I can't save myself. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. Indeed, a lot of times people try and share the gospel today while allowing a person to hold on to their, shall we say, their dignity as a good person. Uh-uh. You've got to sacrifice that and say, I'm, my, my dignity comes from the fact God loves me, Christ saved me, I'm made in the image of God, but I have failed, I've fallen short, I've sinned against the Almighty. It's important that we define weakness properly. Paul said that he would boast in his weaknesses. Again, I, I tend to think, I'm not, we cannot be dogmatic, but I tend to think the weakness he would boast about or the weakness that he was content with was the persecution he was receiving. Everywhere Paul went, he was vilified. He was physically persecuted. He had people who come and would would uh, teach against his doctrine. They'd come and slander his character. They'd come and try and get the authorities arrested. They'd try and stir up the crowds against him. And Paul was trying to communicate the, the gospel, the truth of God, and he was constantly opposed by evil people. I sometimes think that is the messenger of Satan that, that came against him, that kept him humble and kept him dependent upon God. I've kind of felt that way myself sometimes. Others feel it was a physical infirmity and that he, he just had, there's something about his body that, that it could have been his eyes. Some, some people speculate that when he saw Jesus, the bright light of Jesus knocked him off his high horse at his conversion, that his eyes were damaged and were never quite the same. And and partly, you know, the Galatians later on, they he said to them, I, I bear witness that if you could have plucked out your eyes and given them to me, you would have, as if maybe Paul had an eye problem and they were willing to give them him their eyes. We don't know. But one thing I don't think it was, I don't think his weakness was a sin. 
And this is what I want to warn you about, because sometimes people who in their humility boast and say, yeah, I'm just a sinner. I'm a terrible sinner. I sin all the time. I, and they're, what they're expressing is a character flaw, a sinful flaw, not some messenger from Satan that humbled them. Humbled them. Be careful of this. Be careful of this. Be careful that, number one, you're being honest. If you're acknowledging a weakness, it's got to be something you really believe, and it's got to be something that's, I, I think, specific. If you're going to confess to saying, I really struggle and fall into this certain sin, then name it. And I would dare say also that the grace of God, the first thing the grace of God will do for you is to help you overcome it. When you name that sin, you name that weakness, your frailty, and you, uh, Lord, this is what I, this is my weakness. I need your grace. Call out to him to overcome that. Paul's weakness seemed to be ongoing. Some weaknesses God intends for us to overcome. I've shared the story often in my own life, and I mentioned here earlier about um, a life, this verse changed the, the direction of my life, the course of my life, because years ago, when I first tried to preach on the college campus, and I oh, I so wanted to do it. I'd see these groups of people, massive people walking by during a class passing period, and I just so want to tell every one of them about Christ. And one day we we went out on the Oval at Ohio State and we preached the gospel. Some guys sang a song. I remember I got up. I remember what I, I still remember. I talked from John 7. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That was the first verse I ever preached publicly on there to the unbelievers. And and uh, and but it wasn't long. I, my voice went hoarse. I was shouting and and I kind of lost my voice. And and uh, but I still felt wonderful. However, over the next year or so, there were other times we tried to preach, and after five ten minutes of preaching, I would begin to lose my voice, and it became very discouraging. I I I realize that sometimes to gather a crowd takes a while. Sometimes it takes an hour of preaching to get to really get a crowd. And and I was losing my voice much faster than that. One day I I was disappointed in myself. I was discouraged. And one day in my prayer time, I just was crying out to the Lord about this and saying, Father, wow, I want to preach so much, but I just don't have the equipment. And he brought this verse to my mind. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'll rather boast of my weaknesses and I, and I, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And I prayed to God and I said, does this verse count for this? Could you take my weak voice and give me a powerful, mighty voice? And I said, Father, if you do, I promise I'll always give you credit if people ask, how do I have a strong voice? Well, he did. It was, it was The next time I preached was probably months later. But now, as you know, I, I did not lose my voice then. I've not lost it maybe only once in the last 40 years. And, and, and what I do now often preach for five hours a day and people can tell me they, I, they can hear me way far away. God has given power in my weakness. And the reason I share that verse, it would have been very easy for me when I got to the place of, of bumping up against what I wanted, felt called, what I felt God calling me to do. It would have been easy when I failed to just say, well, God wants me to do something different. In fact, I think my faithful brethren at the time who loved me and were helping guide my life would have 
probably said, Tom, you just might not be equipped for this, but there's plenty of ways you can serve God, and you've got other gifts as well. But somehow God led me to press in. Does he ever lead you to do that? Friends, I think this is one of God's ways we've got to understand. God calls us to do things significant. We step out to do them. We, we, we step out in obedience, and then sometimes we fail. And when we fail, this is a chance to say, God, I'm going to call upon you for strength. I know that I, you've called me to do something. I realize I tried to do it in my own power. I need your strength. I'm humbled. I call upon you. And I know now, I know now, when I go out on the campus, I know I could not do it without God. I, had I succeeded that first time, it's possible the foot of pride would have come, come upon me, and I would have thought, I'm pretty special. Look at me. I can do this. Not now. I know if it weren't for God, I, I couldn't even lift my voice and be heard. I know there's, there's other areas God has also humbled me. I know. I know deep in my soul, my strength comes from God. It's not natural. Have you ever had that experience? Has God called you to do something? How'd you do? Did you fail at it? And then did you give up? Or did you press in and say, God, you called me. Give me your grace. Give me strength where I failed. I humble myself. I acknowledge my weakness. I acknowledge my failure, but I will not go back on what you've called me to do. I'm going to see the grace of God in my life. That's what I hope for you. I hope that we are people who discover the call of God in our life and who discover we need his grace to do it. Sometimes God's grace comes when we feel weak and inadequate, but his power is sufficient. Amen. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We praise you with all of our heart and we thank you. We thank you, God, for the goodness and the grace of God. We thank you that you give your grace to the humble. And so we humble ourselves, Lord. We acknowledge that apart from you, we are nothing. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Apart from you, Lord, we have nothing. Apart from you, Lord, we'd be on our way to we'd be on the highway to hell. We wouldn't be on our way to heaven. But you give grace. You're a gracious God. You're a giving God. Thank you. We bless you and praise you. Lord, today I pray for every single person here. They would know your leading and call and what you want them to do significant in this world. It it, it may be it may be preaching on the campus like I do. It might be healing a relationship that might seem unimportant, but it really matters. And I pray, Father, that whatever it is, wherever you called us, whatever the next step, you that we would humble ourselves and realize your grace is sufficient. We don't want to justify sinning. But we know, Lord, you're aware that we're but flush, and we have our weaknesses. And I pray we would be aware so that we would have your grace. Thank you that all that you are is available to those who are available to all that you are. We praise you today and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, this story comes from a book I've written called Taking It to Their Turf. I'm about to be heading back out on the campus some, and we're having, um, and, and I'd like you to have a copy of this book. If you've not read Take Me to Their Turf, let me tell you, it's an easy book to read. Short stories, about 70 short stories. You can just read them. You don't have to read them consecutively, but about 70 short stories of my experiences on campus evangelism. 
Everyone I know who's read that book just said they were surprised how good it was. Maybe, maybe they didn't realize I could write as well. I would encourage you to get a copy. How do you do it? Go to my website, TomThePreacher.com, and request one. Now, if, you, if we ask a $10 donation, if you don't have it, just request it. We'll send it to you. I want you to read it because I want you to pray for me and be, be supportive of our ministry. I need it, okay? If you're new today, welcome. I hope particularly you'll go get a copy of my book. But every one of us, especially if you're here every single day and you haven't read my book, Taking the Turf, go get a copy. Get a copy. You will love it. You'll enjoy it immensely and it will inspire you. And you'll learn a lot about how to interact and witness to other people. Thanks for being with me today. We're here every day, so I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless you. I love you. Bye-bye.